0: ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. In the book of Isaiah, we looked at the 53rd chapter, and we studied why, one of the reasons that it's the will of God. We've, I don't know how many we've gone over. I heard some people say nine, heard other people say 11. Don't ask me, because I'm not even sure which one number we're on, but... There's different reasons why it's the will of God. Scripturally, why it's the will of God for us to be healed. Things like it brings glory to God. You know, people say things like, well, you know, you can just glorify God in your sickness. But, you know, it's amazing how often Jesus robbed God of the glory of people being sick. <laughs> Whenever he walked the earth, you know. He just, he just constantly robbed God of people giving God glory in their sickness. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing how we think. So. You know, so, no, it brings glory to God. We saw several times where the Bible says after the healing happened, they gave glory to God. We looked at those verses. And then healing is is the the will of God for all because sickness is the work of Satan and Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Spent time on that. Healing is the will of God because all through the Bible, forgiveness and healing are mentioned together, you know. It's called the double cure. Um, One of his redemptive names is Jehovah Rapha, means the Lord our healer. You wouldn't want to be the one who makes sick if your name is the Lord that heals. You know. See, I have to talk a lot because my name's Jay and it means chatterer. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you know, the Blue Jays, where I guess they get that. If, out in the woods, I was out in the woods this week and man, all over the woods, yeah, yeah, those Blue Jays, I'm thinking, shut up, you know. <laughs> Anyway, so, but Jesus, uh, he is the Lord, our savior. He is the Lord, our peace. He is the Lord, our righteousness. And he's the fulfillment of all those old Testament names of God. And one of them is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. So that's the reason it's the will of God for us to be well. And then another one is because it's, it's the will of God for us to be well today because healing, I mean, uh, faith is for today. Jesus over and over again said, your faith made you whole. Amen. Remember all these? We're just kind of recapping. We're not spending time teaching on, just recapping. Then it's the will of God because Jesus hasn't changed. If he healed back then, he's still the healer today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible says over and over again, he's no respecter of persons. So that means what he did for one, he'll do for another. Another reason it's God's will to heal. Sickness wasn't a part of God's original creation came in through sin. When Jesus came to deal with the sin problem, he also dealt with the sickness problem. Amen. Amen. Another reason is God's will to heal. We kind of went through about four of them in the, in the story of the woman that bowed over with the spirit of infirmity. Jesus said she ought to be healed and gave four reasons why. You remember that? And uh, all those reasons that he said she ought to be healed, they, that you qualify for them. Number one, he said she's more valuable than an animal. People today are still more valuable than an animal. And, and uh, you know, a person gets an animal out of distress if it's hurting. Um, Jesus also said she's a daughter of Abraham. And the Bible says that we're the seed of Abraham through Christ. And Jesus said she ought to be healed because it's the Sabbath. And that's the, that's the type of the, the church age, really, where we, we don't work to receive. We, we enter into the finished work. Bible said God finished all his works on the seventh day. He rested from all his works, not just the creative work. He rested from the redemptive work. It was, we were, we were, he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So it was finished in God's realm of things. It was finished before, before really we even came on the sea. And it's called the rest that uh, is the seventh day. We're in the, the, the day of grace where we don't work to earn healing. We have entered into it by the finished work of Christ. Amen. And so Jesus said she ought to be healed because of that. And um, who, the Bible said another reason she ought to be healed is because Satan was the one that bound her. And we know from First John that Jesus came to destroy the works, plural, of the enemy. Amen. Amen. I don't know if we went over this one, but God is love and love heals. That's one reason it's the will of God. Um, God is a father, you know, just like uh, we have uh, natural fathers or we might be a father to somebody. Um, God is love and he's a father. And he said healing is the children's bread. So healing belongs to the children. It's their bread, not the dessert. It's their bread because love takes care of their children. Amen. Another reason it's the will of God is because God's word is medicine and it's still for today. Amen. God's word and over in Hebrews, I mean in Proverbs 4 says God's word is medicine. Then it says, uh, the Bible talks about Paul's ministry in the 14th chapter of Acts and it talks about him uh, preaching the gospel. A man got faith to be healed preaching his gospel. Paul's gospel included divine healing. Amen. You know, there's, a, there's, there's people all over the world that preach the gospel, part, at least part of it. And people get faith to be saved, but they don't get faith to be healed there because they don't include that. Well, Paul had to include, you know, healing because he, he had a man get faith to be healed by hearing the gospel. We could spend a lot more time on that. But then we got to this one here where we're talking about healing is the will of God for all today because it's included in redemption. Amen. Did you enjoy that two weeks ago? Let's look here in Isaiah 53 again. We'll just recap briefly. Uh, It says here in verse one, who has believed our report? This is the report of the revelation that God gave to the prophet Isaiah. And uh, he said, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is a term for the power of God in the Bible. And so he's talking about the power of God is revealed to certain ones. And I think the context describes plainly that it's the ones that believe that report, the report of God's word. Verse two, he shall grow up before him. He, Jesus, grow up before God as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness when he's he, And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. You know, people paint pictures of Jesus. And uh, on the picture, there's a halo around his head. Now, um, in the the natural, you couldn't see anything like that. There's nothing unusual about Jesus looking at him in the natural. I mean, I didn't say he's not the son of God, but I just mean looking at him in the natural, you couldn't see anything that made you say, oh, that's the son of God. So there's no beauty that we should behold him or desire him. Verse three, he is, despi- he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. Now the word sorrows means pains and griefs means diseases in the Bible. We studied that, we looked at all these references last time. If you weren't here, get the CD Amen. from two weeks ago. They, they're available. It says, he's acquainted with grief or or disease. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs or diseases or sicknesses, however you want to say it, and carried our sorrows or pains yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Well, the prophet Isaiah is seeing this by revelation in the spirit and Paul, um, well, actually Peter, quoted this in 1 Peter 2.24, he quoted verse number five, the end of verse number five there. And he said, by whose stripes, he quoted almost identical, except he put it in the past tense. It says here, by whose stripes we are healed. And then 1 Peter 2.24, it ends by saying, by whose stripes you were healed. Peter put it in the past tense. Peter's looking back at Calvary. The prophet Isaiah is saying he's looking forward to Calvary and he's saying because of what's going to happen, we, we can be healed today on credit. You know, a lot of things they got in the Old Testament was, was looking forward to Jesus. It was sort of like, it's sort of like if you ever gone, I don't encourage you to live this way, but you know, sometimes you just do it for convenience sake, pay it off at the end of the month, going into the store and bought something on credit, you know, put the card down. Well, what you're doing is you're saying, I'll pay that later. This is just a way of, 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 of getting it now. You know, and that's what Jesus did. He, uh, you know, he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But yet right on the other hand, he hadn't come in the flesh yet and actually taken those stripes, died on the cross. And so God, knowing that uh, it's already really a done deal, sees it ahead and shows Isaiah and says, now if you'll believe on that, you can be healed. You can be healed on credit, with on what's coming. Amen. Amen. So they they were able to receive it on credit in the Old Testament, and then on the cross, Jesus came along and stamped that, said paid in full. So now if Satan comes along and tries to put something on you, you can say no. I've that's already that that bill has already been paid. I don't have to pay that again. You can't charge me twice. Isn't that right? Yes. If it's already paid, you don't have to charge it again. You don't have to pay it again. So we find then that uh, God gave us the receipt on the payment that he made. 1 Peter 2.24 is the receipt. He gave us the receipt and said, here, this is proof that I've paid the bill. So what you do is you hold, you know, if somebody accused you of not paying your bill, you can take the receipt, take the canceled check, take the receipt from the store or something, you know. And, uh, and they'll have to say, well, we see that it was paid. Yeah. So show First show Peter 2.24 to the devil. Yeah. Right. He says, here, this is yours. I'm gonna, you suffer for Jesus with this. You say, no, I'm not suffering something that he bore for me. You know, uh, we're going to get into that sometime, hopefully some of it tonight. But a lot of times people don't understand that the, there's, there's uh, teaching that goes around said that we suffer sickness to glorify God or suffer uh, as that's our cross to bear in life but but there's some things in the Bible the Bible says we suffer for him but but it's never sickness or disease we suffer persecution you know we we recognize that you know standing up and being being a Christian sometimes gets persecuted (laughs) I I was you know, this is just one example. You, you understand? You've been in, in persecution before, if you've stood up for Jesus. People they persecute you. But just here's an example. I was watching the news. Year, well, I don't mean years ago, but a couple, few, several months ago, back there before the election, and then after the election, some. And and uh, you know, some of you know who Sarah Palin is, and you know she's a Christian, yeah. tongue-talking Christian. Yeah. Don't tell CNN. (laughs) But anyway, man, she gets persecuted. Anybody notice how she gets persecuted? I mean, just one thing after another. You know what that's all about? (laughs) That's all about she's a, a, a woman of God. That's what that's all about. It's because of the anointing on her life and... Anyway, that's just an example. So that's something, yeah, you're going to suffer. There's going to be some things come at you because you say, I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You take some stand. to People are going to come against you. They're going to mock you. They're going to make fun of you. And, you know, pray. What do you do? You, you, you pray through. That's what you do. You ask God, Lord, strengthen me. I need to be able to preach boldly and not back away, you know. We're not redeemed from that. That's going to come. Now, the Bible does tell, to say that he, he'll hold us in the palm of his hand. No man will be able to hurt us, you know. But yet, yet on the other hand, the, their tongue can, yeah. you know, ouch. Things they say and so forth. But uh, then there's, there's other things that Jesus didn't suffer as our example. He suffered it as our substitute. Amen. And that's what he's saying here in verse, notice what it says here. Verse number four, he hath borne our griefs, that's sicknesses, and carried our sorrows or pains. So there, he bore it for us as a substitute vicariously on our behalf. He didn't bear it as an example so we could say, okay, that's what Jesus bore. And so we'd bear our sicknesses like he did and suffer like he did. No, because he bore ours for us. We don't have to live in sin because he took our sin for us. And we don't have to live in sickness because he took our sicknesses for us. It's a little like the lady back the story is told of a lady back in the World, World War II. You know how, how many of you know the Germans they came against uh, well everybody <laughs> but they came against England. And they, they were sending bombers over at nighttime and bo- dropping bombs on London. And of course, you know, the sirens would go off. They would do it at night cuz back then, you know, you pretty much had to have light to shoot them down. You couldn't see them. So uh, but so they would, you know, the sirens would go off and everybody would pretty much, because that means bombers are coming, German bombers are coming. So everybody pretty much go find the bomb shelter and take their pillow and blankets and sleep in the bomb shelter. Well, uh, you know, after a while, every night, because the Germans were coming every night, after a while, you know, you get to know everybody in your neighborhood pretty well because, you know, you're sleeping with them every night. I mean, in a different bed. You understand what I'm talking about keep that holy. <laughs> but anyway, the point is you get to know everybody. And the, the story is told about a lady. She was over there. Of course, every night the bombers are coming. So she's going and did the bombing, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, you know, bomb shelter. And, and uh, one night she didn't show up. Well, then the next night she didn't show up. Four nights in a row, this elderly lady, she didn't show up. People began to get concerned about her. They said, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe she's in the hospital. Maybe she got hurt in one of the bombing raids or, or they thought maybe she moved out in the country or something. They didn't know what happened to her. Except four days later, they saw her out on the streets during the day. You know, they weren't bombing during the day. They saw her out on the street and they said, where have you been? She said, what do you mean? Where have I been? She said, they said, well, you know, the bombing used to always come to the, to the bombing shelter. And, uh, but we haven't seen you for four nights. We were concerned about you. Thought maybe you were in the hospital or maybe you had been killed. She said, no. She said, I've just been staying home. She said, they said, well, you mean, what do you mean staying home? Aren't you afraid? She said, no. They said, well, what do you mean you're not afraid? Don't you know those bombs are dropped? She said, yeah. She said, I got to reading in my Bible. (laughs) She said, I read in there where it says that God never slumbers or sleeps. (laughs) she said, so I just decided if he's going to stay awake and take, you know, and worry about this, then no use both of us losing sleep over it. If he's going to to take care of me, I'm not going to stay up and lose sleep over it. Well, I just, I saw that and I thought, you know what? If he took my diseases and my infirmities, then I don't need to be taking them because he took them for me. Isn't that right? So that's what, that's what redemption is all about. We're redeemed from sickness and disease. That's the reason it's the will of God. That's the main reason that it's the will of God that we be healed because we're redeemed. Praise God. So God's best for us is that we know that and then just act in faith on that and begin to claim our rights. You know, if you have an inheritance coming to you and somebody leaves it to you in the will, you have to go cl- make your claim. You have to go and, you know, receive it. belongs to you. Same thing true with God. He left some inheritance for you. Yeah. Jesus left an inheritance, but there's a Godward side and a manward side to everything. Amen. Yeah. So that's the reason it's the will of God. And people say, well, we don't know if that's true about griefs and, sick, griefs and sorrows, meaning sicknesses and pains. But, uh, you know, Matthew 8:17 is the best commentary on it. And Matthew said it literally means physical sicknesses and diseases. Yeah. Didn't he say that? Yeah. Back there in Matthew, go over there real quickly. I know some of us know this, but uh, number one, if, if we do, it wouldn't hurt us to look at it again. Yeah. Number two, if we don't, then we need to look at it for those, those individuals' sake. Matthew 8, notice verse number, we'll start in a few verses earlier, just show you the context. Verse number 14, Matthew 8, 14, when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid in sick of a fever. You know, you need to get sick of the fever. Some of you get that on the way home. I don't mean you need to be sick. I mean, you need to get, say that's enough of it. That's what I'm trying <laughs> And the Bible talks about a man was sick of the palsy. I read that one time and I was like, he should be sick of it. <laughs> you know, you got to watch the way you say things, but you know what I mean? You get, you're just fed up with it. You're like, that's it. I've had this long enough. His wife, uh, Peter's mother-in-law basically was sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. Now, uh, I believe it's uh, Luke's account, if I remember right. Luke said he spoke to her and rebuked the fever also. And the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. And when the even, or evening, was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all, all that were sick. <clears throat> Hopefully, you were here that night. We, we got unction on all those verses where. He healed all, over and over and over and over again. It says, he healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So that's quoting that verse back there in Isaiah 53, four. And it's in the context of sicknesses, isn't it? So that's proof that griefs and sorrows is literally in the Hebrew. And it's used in other places in the Old Testament, sicknesses and pains. It's actually translated that way. But this is proof here. The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. This is proof that it's griefs and sorrows means sicknesses and pains or infirmity. Do you know infirmity? Different ways of saying the same thing. Talking about physical disease. Hallelujah. Say out loud, I'm redeemed. Now, when we go back to Isaiah, we see there that, uh, you know, Cousin Mark, they say, well, you know, that people try to find, I don't know why people fight for their right to be sick, but they, they try to find ways to get around that meaning that. I don't want to fight for my right to stay sick. I want to look for my right to be healed. And they'll say, well, you know, that it might be fulfilled. You know, that day that multitude was healed, that was fulfilled. Now that's over, and that's not for us. That's just for that multitude. But I have gave you a couple of references. Remember Matthew 12, 17 through 21, Luke 4, 17 through 21. Both of those references use that same word, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah prophesied some other things, and they quote them in other places. And it was, it was uh, like one of them was, whenever the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. He's anointed me." And he said, uh, he read that from Isaiah, and then he said, uh, "'This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears.'" Well, that didn't mean, okay, today it's over. Today, okay, it happened today, now it's over today. No, really, it's still being fulfilled today. So you don't take that to just mean that multitude being healed was fulfilling that. He's saying that Jesus taking our sicknesses uh, is a fulfillment of what was prophesied and that's still for us today. Just like Mark 4, I mean, Luke four is for us, Matthew 12 is for us. You can look at all that later. I think we spent some time on that last week, amen. Besides that, we know it's still for today because it says in verse four, he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Ours includes anybody who will receive the report. Well, we don't know that. Well, go down there to verse number, uh, uh, let's see here, verse number 11. He shall see the travail of his soul, shall be satisfied by his knowledge, shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death and, ha- and uh, he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. So we find he, was, he not only bore our sicknesses but he bore our sin. And we never take that, those verses when it talks about our sin being born to mean just, just a few people back there when Jesus was on the earth. We can't we can't parse the Bible and say, well, that one means ours and that one doesn't mean ours. Ours means ours. Amen. 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 So in the in the eleventh and twelfth verses when it talks about us him bearing our iniquities, that's for us today, just like verse number three, four, five, and six down there through is for us today when it comes to healing. Amen. 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 So that's the reason it's the will of God for us to be healed. Hallelujah. Another reason that we're going to get into tonight, that it's the will of God for us to be healed. today. Somebody said, why? Why go over all this? Because without knowing the will of God, you have no foundation for faith. It does matter what you believe about these things. Jesus, uh, there was a man came to him one time, Mark 1, said, "If, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus said, I will. But see, he had to address that if... He had to remove that if from the man's thinking and the man's, the man's faith in order to, to uh, minister to him. And he did that before he ministered to him. Amen. So we're, we're helping get rid of some of these, well, but we don't know if it's the will of God. I think all these, just that one right there is enough. But all these other ones are here, so we're going to look at them. Amen. Now, the next reason it's the will of God for us to be well, we're going we're gonna, to um, skip one and come back to it because we're going to spend more time on it, is because the very same spirit that did all the, uh, of Christ's miracles is still in the church today, and he has all of his old-time life-giving power. <laughs> Amen. You want me to say that one again? The reason it's the will of God for us to be healed today is because the very same Spirit that did did all the miracles that Jesus did is still in the church today and he has all his old life-giving power. Remember John chapter number 14, verse number 16. I'll just quote it and you can write it down. John 14, verse number 16. It says that I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is that comforter and he's, he's still abiding in the church. And he is the same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus. It's not a different spirit. Amen. The, uh, and so he's the same spirit and he still has all of his power. Now, what we have to recognize is, and we have to, we have to rightly divide this, many times people think Jesus was healing because he was the son of God. Now what I'm getting ready to say is not disputing that he was the Son of God, but I'm saying that he did not do it because he was the Son of God. He was the Son of God, is the Son of God, but that's not why he was doing what he was doing. If that's why he was doing what he was doing, why didn't he do it when he was 10, 11, 12, 14, 19, 21, 25, 27, 29, 29 and a half, 29 three twenty-seven, twenty-nine, twenty-nine and 29 364 days? I don't know how many days old, you know, but, but my point is, you know what I, my point is? If he was doing it because he was the son of God, why wasn't he doing it before the Holy Ghost came on him? Isn't that right? Somebody said, well, he was, do- he was the son of God, so he was working miracles. Well, then why was Paul working miracles? Well, he was an apostle. Okay, yeah, but still that doesn't mean it was him doing it. Remember, Jesus said, the father in me, he doeth the works. Now we know how the Father in him was doing it through the Holy Ghost baptizing him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He went about doing good. How? Because of the anointing. That's the reason he was doing it, is because the Holy Spirit had come on him. Amen. Besides that, people say, well, that was Jesus. We have to say, no, it wasn't, it was God. How God anointed. Jesus of Nazareth, and he went about doing good. It was really the Father, Jesus said, it was the Father in him doing the works. Isn't that what he said? So it was God, through anointing him with the Holy Spirit, doing it. Well, yeah, but Paul was an apostle, and that's the reason he was working miracles. Well, think about uh, uh, Acts chapter number 19. In fact, go over there. We, We maybe have looked at this, but just good to recap a little bit. Wouldn't hurt you a bit. I mean, you've had T-bone steak before. But if I offered you one right after service, would it hurt you because you had one before? No. <laughs> Look here in Acts chapter 19, verse number 11. And God brought spe- special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Well, yeah, but that was Paul. No, it was God. Amen. How God, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Amen. Wasn't Paul, it was God. Amen. Now somebody said, well, they, those were miracles because they were apostles. Well, what about the ones that Stephen was doing? Remember in Acts 8, the Bible said that Stephen, full of faith and power, did many signs and wonders among the people. He never was anything close to an apostle. Amen. In fact, at that time, he's a helper in the church, you know, so it wasn't the apostles, you read the, you, you open up to Acts one and you read the title. Of course, you know, the scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit, but the titles weren't, I mean, the titles of the book, uh, you know, and the, and the, where the, where the, uh, verses were and chapter breaks and all that. I mean, you don't write chap- letters in chapter and verse, do you? When you were when you were dating Karen, did you ever write her a letter? Books, Books yeah. <laughs> We'd like to see them if we could. <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, did you ever write one of them in chapter and verse? No, not one of them. <clears throat> so we have chapter and verse put in later. It it you know nothing wrong with it. it. Helps us reference verses. We thank God for it. But 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 that wasn't you know the Holy Spirit didn't inspire. Paul to say, okay, chapter two, you know, he just wrote a letter and later man broke it up. And also the letters, the, 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 the names of the books were put on later. Uh, but the word, we look at the book of Acts and it says, at the title there, it says Acts of the Apostles. Well, you know, that's not inspired by the Holy Spirit because you read the book and there's more in there than just what the apostles did. It wasn't the Acts of the Apostles. It'd be better titled the Acts of the Holy Ghost. The acts of the Holy Ghost. So Jesus said, "Tarry until you be endued with power from on high, and then you'll be witnesses, not just the apostles, all the church was going to be a witness through the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I always like to say because the Holy Spirit said this to me one day, I was reading that, I was thinking about that acts of the apostles and how that couldn't be ac- accurate. It's the acts of the Holy Ghost. And it came up in my heart this way. The, the Spirit of God kind of spoke this to me. He said, I still act the same way I used to. <laughs> acts acts of the holy ghost <laughs> you got right over your head we find that the holy spirit is the same just like jesus is the same the holy spirit is the same today hallelujah so he's the same he uh, the same spirit that was on jesus and he still has his old healing power that he had back there in the days of old amen Now, Romans 8, 11 says this, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies. So the Holy Spirit is the life-giving spirit. He's the quickening spirit. He's the one that heals the mortal body through the anointing. Another reason it's the will of God for all to be healed today is because of Christ's last great commission and God's direct commandment in, in James 5, 14. What was his last commission? It's in Mark chapter number 16. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Remember that? You know, verse number 15, go preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now here's another proof that It wasn't because Paul was an apostle that people were getting healed. Because Jesus said here, these signs shall follow who? The the apostles. No, them that believe. I'm a believer. I'm not an apostle. (laughs) Are you you an apostle? Like somebody said to me one time, they were a, a female and they said, I'm an epistle. Weren't they the wives of the apostles? I said, no, they're not the wives of the apostles. (laughs) You have to forgive me tonight, I'm in rare form. But notice he said, um, these signs will follow them that believe. And one of them is they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So that's not the acts of the apostles. It's, it's the Holy Spirit through the believer. Now that is a commission to the church. That's the last great commission Jesus said: Go into all the world, preach the gospel, and here's one thing you should do: Lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. Praise be to God. Now um, that's the reason, and it's the will of God today, because that commission is still for today. Isn't it for today? Isn't it still for us to go into all the world and preach the gospel? Isn't it still for people to believe and be baptized and be saved? Isn't that still for today? Well, then the rest of it's for today. Now, people will say things like, "Well, yeah, some scholars they say this; they deny the authenticity of some of these last verses here because they say these verses that are quoted are uh, are, are not in every one of the old manuscripts." They'll say things like that, but. They uh there was a, you know, the apostle John. He wrote the Gospel of John and the Epistle of John. The Apostle John had a student, this is a historical fact, a student named uh Polycarp. And Polycarp raised up a student under him named Iranius. Iranius, and Iranius quoted that as scripture. Well, don't you think John would have corrected him if he would have been wrong? Don't you think that would have been corrected by Polycarp? You know, cause John would have said, no, that's not scripture. Hello. So don't deny the authenticity of scripture. People do things like that because, well, you know, they don't like that part, but it's in there. It's part of the scriptures. And James five fourteen is a commission. He said, remember that? He says, ain't sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Now that's, that's directions for the church age. Now, sometimes I've heard people say, you know, people will try all kinds of things to deny these things, but they'll they'll say, well, you know, that's just written to the Jews. Well, no, it's not. He said, and he's sick among you. Let him call for the elders of the Jews. You know, you have to be, you have to have help to be that stupid. You know what I'm talking about? If you don't like that word, get over it and forgive me. You know, but see, no, he said, call for the elders of the church. Right. <laughs> um, Is any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anoint him with all in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith to save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Right. Now, John Wesley, he was the head of the Methodist church. I mean, he kind of, you know, he started, he, 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 you know, the Methodist church came out of his ministry. He said this, he said about that verse, he said, until it was stolen by unbelief, that was the only method the church had of receiving healing, Uh, you know, up until, you know, it was stolen by unbelief. Well, that's pretty good for Methodists. You know, a lot of people, if they go back, take Methodist, Lutheran, Episcopalian, whoever, they go back and study their roots. All of them were faith people. All of them were. All of them believe what I'm talking about. Go way back. See, I got started. I grew up in the Mennonite church. Now, the Mennonite church came started by a man named Menno Simons. Uh, Glad you wanted to know that tonight. But anyway, you go back and you study Menno Simons. And I did this. I went into the library at Oral Roberts University. They have a wonderful library there, down there. And uh, you know, a lot of historical books. You go back and studied all, I mean, uh, studied uh, all these and I studied Menno Simons and Menno Simons had miracles in his ministry. But the men and I sure don't believe in much of that today. I'm not trying to pick on a group, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, all oh, real, real, uh, church denominations came out of a revival of some kind and then they lost it. Don't get upset at me. He realized we could lose it. So I'm not trying to compare one to the other. I'm just saying that, uh, we've got to recognize that many of these church fathers believed in many of these things. You go back and you study Luther, Luther had healings. Martin Luther had healings. In fact, Martin Luther talked about a strange language that started wanting to come out of his mouth. But he didn't know what it was, so he didn't yield to it. (laughs) Pretty good for Lutheran. You know, anybody that's hungry and they'll be open to God, God will start moving in. Praise God. Now, we find then that the last, last great commission and the direct commandment to the church in James 5.14 is proof that it is the will of God to be healed. Why would Jesus say, or, or the Holy Ghost inspire James to write, is any sick, let him call for the elders of the church, and let him pray over him, anointeth all oil. prayer. Faith will save the sick, and, or heal the sick, and Lord raise him up. Why would that be inspired to be in there if God didn't want to heal? If it wasn't his will to heal? Why would he say pray for that if it's not his will? So that's proof it is his will. Isn't that good? We find then that uh, we, we've got to stick with the Bible. Now, another reason that it is God's will for all to be healed is because of his marvelous promises. The fulfillment of which depends altogether on the exercise of our own faith. Now, when I say marvelous promises, I'm not talking about 1 Peter two 24. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, Matthew 8, 17, those are not promises. What? Well, they're not promises. If I said, <laughs> you know, if I said to somebody here, I said, uh, let's say here to Scott, I said, now, um, when you go home on your front porch, I just put about $200 worth of groceries. Uh, uh, I better put it under something. It's raining tonight. So I put it under something. And uh, so when you go home, That's yours. I just wanted to bless you. That's not a promise to to get him groceries. That's a statement of something I already did. Isn't that right? I didn't promise to do anything. I said something that I already did. Well, that's what 1 Peter 2.24 is. By his stripes, you were healed. That's not a promise to heal you. That's a statement of something he already did. So when I say... That it's the will of God today that we be healed because of his marvelous promises. I'm not talking about Isaiah 53. I'm not talking about 1 Peter 2, 24. I'm talking about what it says. And like, let's go look at it. And these are the ones I'm talking about. Go over to Matthew 18. Go to Matthew. I'm going to look at all these real quickly. So get your fingers warmed up. Um, this is proof that it's God's will for us to be healed today. Look at Matthew 18, verse number 19. Actually, verse 18 also, but um, we'll read them both. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's pretty much a promise. Verse number 19, again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's a promise. Isn't it? That's a promise. He'll do something. Now notice what he said. Look at verse number 19. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, anything, well, that can't exclude healing then because that wouldn't be included in anything. Now that's a promise. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's, that's something that He's promised to do for us. That includes bodily healing. Now, Matthew 21, look at that. We're going to look at several of them. So keep, keep uh, moving quickly with us. Verse 22, Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two. All things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. All things. That's a promise. You'll receive it if you believe it. Amen. Mark 11, 22 through 24, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. That's a promise, you shall have it if you believe that you receive it. Isn't that a promise? Now notice what it says, what things soever. Now that has to include healing or else it shouldn't have said what things soever. Don't do that to me, Jesus, don't say whatever and then say, no, but that's not healing. You think, you think Jesus is confused? You think maybe we better correct that for him? No, that's, that's blasphemy. <laughs> Amen. Now, John 14, look at that. All these verses talk about whatever. John 14 is another one. Let's look at verse number 13 and 14. What whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, really, it's, the, it's a demand in the Greek. Ask is demand. Not you're not demanding of God because he didn't say, Hear, whatever you demand of the Father. He just said, he said, demand in my name. You can speak to sickness and demand that it cease. And he said, whenever you do that, I he said, uh, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall demand anything in my name, I will do it. In other words, you demand sickness leave and God will back you up, is what he said. That's a promise. He'll make sure that it comes to pass. You can't make it come to pass, but you can do your part. God said, I'll do my part, you do your part. And, and he said there whatsoever. Then he said, if you shall ask or demand anything, anything whatsoever that has to include sickness and disease or else Jesus didn't. He, Jesus is misleading us if it doesn't include sickness and disease. Amen. Amen. John 15, 7, look at that one, just across the page maybe for you. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's a promise, it will be done. What you will. What does that mean? What God wills? Well, it has to be in line with his will, but that's not good enough. He said, you have to want it. What well, you will. Then 1 John three twenty two. 22. Uh, these are all marvelous promises. And I don't think the church has dared believe them yet. All these things say whatsoever. Now, of course, there in first, uh, where it said there in John 15, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, when his words abide in you, that's going to be his will. So you're going to be asking in line with his will. But yet, right on the other hand, there's a lot in there that is his will. 1 John 3. 22, Um, he said that whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Whatsoever. Amen. Praise God. So we know that it's the will of God for all to be well today because of his marvelous promises. These are all inclusive kinds of promises, aren't they? Hallelujah! That blessed me. I don't know about you. Maybe you ought to get a little happy about it, and it would bless you. Another reason it's the will of God for all to be well is because healing. Of course, it's we already studied. It, it's in redemption, but redemption in the New Testament is shown in the types of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is called types and shadows. Hebrews calls it types and shadows of good things to come. I don't know if you've ever studied types and shadows or not, but we're going to do a brief study in it right here, right tonight. Uh, I think it's important because many things in the Old Testament are a picture of Jesus for us. Let's just think of a few of them. I'll just, I'll just make a, uh, just a brief list of a few of them, maybe you can think of more, but the Bible makes it clear that the serpent on the pole that Moses put up was a type of Jesus on the cross. In fact, Jesus quoted you know, in John 3 and said, he must be lifted up like the serpent on the pole. The Bible said the ram in the thicket is a type of Jesus. When Abraham was stopped from offering Isaac. And then there was a substitute made available. God made a substitute called that ram in the thicket. Jesus is our ram in the thicket. The Bible makes it plain that the year of Jubilee in the Old Testament is a type of the, the preaching of the gospel which sets men free from all the obligations of sin. That's a wonderful study if you've ever, if you've ever studied it. The Bible makes it clear that Noah's Ark is a type of Christ. Amen. Deliverance from destruction, you know. The Bible makes it clear that the sin offering in the Old Testament, that, uh, you know, the Bible talks about uh, many different offerings they were supposed to bring in the Old Testament. One of them was a sin offering, and they were to bring a lamb. It was to be without blemish. The priest was to look it over, making sure it's without blemish because it's a type of Christ. And then, uh, and this offering was for anybody that had sinned. They were supposed to come bring a lamb. Phew, man, some people would need a lot of lambs. <laughs> Thank God one lamb today did the final work. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, so they were to bring that lamb and then they were to lay, the, the person who was, was, had sinned were to lay their hands on the lamb and they were to confess their sin. Right. And what they were doing was trans, this is all in Leviticus, you know, back there where your pages are stuck together. Yeah. They were to transfer that sin to that lamb and then the lamb was to be slain. It's a type of Jesus. Woo a lot of good types of shadows in the Old Testament if you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355 Cedar Rapids, Iowa 52408 and remember God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.